I mean, I, I feel like I've heard it, but I guess I just didn't internalize it that the four freshmen were the first um, band to play on our stage. Yeah. The first act on our stage. The That's very super exciting. Act. And, you, you know, if you think about the acoustics in the room and kind of the way the theater's set up, I mean, it's it's probably a perfect way to start. Um, yeah. Because with their music, it, it resonates so well in that, that space. Um, and you know, I was I love how you're right that they're they're very accomplished musicians and singers and what they do, it's actually very complicated and it, it sounds it doesn't sound like it when you when it all comes together it sounds so nice and clean, um, right? It's, it's not easy what they do to be able to play your own instrument to sing a harmony off of a melody, um, and, uh, and to perform at the same time and interact with the audience and feel the the vocals, all those things that they're doing, um, is pretty hard to do. So I, it, it's a, it's a real talent. So we're going to be lucky to have them. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately <laughs> I am not a musician and I'm not a singer either. So I get to sit back and relax and enjoy it in, in its sound and its richness. And I can get that. I feel that, but understanding, how difficult that is. I mean, that was certainly a thing that I learned today is that that is not an easy thing to do. And, you know, on, on some level, I get that because I can't do it, but um, I've never even tried. So I don't, I don't you know, I don't know what that's like. Um, but it, it was, it was really interesting to hear them talk about their, um, how they came together, how they performed together, how they harmonized together and yeah. what all of that entails. Really yeah. great. It was a fun interview. Yeah, it was a fun interview. So stay tuned for this fun interview with the four freshmen uh, as they were on the road uh, just outside of Detroit, Michigan. So it was fun to hear them. And they will be performing at the Bankhead on what day? Sunday, December 31st, 2023. And they're going to help us ring in the new year here in Livermore. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And you can get tickets at livermorearts.org or by calling the box office at 925-373-6800. You got it. I got it. (laughs) And we're going to ask you to perform. No, we're not going to ask you to perform any songs right now. You're you're in a suburb of Detroit. I have family near Detroit. Where are you? We're in a suburb called Southfield, which is where our hotel is. We were, we were playing at the Dirty Dog Jazz Cafe, which is in Gross Point Farms. But unfortunately, on Wednesday, there was um, uh, a bunch of storms. And so that that whole area is without power now since Wednesday. Oh, no. So oh, good had, God. So our shows both yesterday and today have been now, like it, it's just been like a day by day thing. And so our um, our shows that were supposed to be today just just got canceled like an hour or so ago. And then um, yesterday's was also canceled. So we're hoping to play there tomorrow. Otherwise, we are just in Southfield. Wow. <laughs> no. Life on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. All right. Well, I'm Ruth Eggerman. I'm the director of marketing here. This is Chris Carter. He's our executive director. And can I just have you guys, just so I know who we're talking to? Yeah, I know Bob. I know Bob's in the middle, right? I don't know <laughs> so. if I did our our. I've got our names written in the thing. I don't know if it's in the right order. I'm like I'm Tommy. Okay, okay. it goes in order. So then Ryan. Oh yeah, Bob, there you Jake. go. 
Okay. Is, this, is it the right order for you guys too? Well, it's it's reversed, but that's okay. I can reverse <laughs> the names too. Where do you go after this? Um, we're home for a couple days, and then we head to Chautauqua, New York. Where's home? It's all over for all of us. Um, right. We got two of us here in the Twin Cities, in <laughs> Minneapolis and St. Paul. I'm in St. Paul, and Jake here is in Minneapolis. I used to live in St. Paul. It rolls. <laughs> it rolls. Yeah, I love it. I isn't that where? Isn't does Jake come over to St. Paul to pray for his sins that he committed in <laughs> Minneapolis? <laughs> no, I stay on the fun fun side of the river. Yeah, I go right, over, right. I, I, go, I go over to Minneapolis for specific uh, endeavors. Right. <laughs> there you go. I um, Ryan here's you... in Chicago and Bob's in Vegas. So a bunch okay. of Midwesterners. Sort of. Yeah, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Champaign, Illinois, so just south of Chicago. Lived in, went to school in Iowa, and then um, lived in St. Paul for about a year, and then moved out here to California. It was the longest, coldest winter of my life. Checks out. Yeah. And I grew up in a in in a four seasons kind of place, and I was just like, this winter is really long. Where, Where do you Iowa, live in St. Paul? Um, Iowa City, University of Iowa. Cool. Two of us lived in Iowa for quite a while. Uh, where in Iowa? Uh, kind of all over, but uh, two of us went to this school in, in southwest Iowa um, in a town called Creston, very small. Well, this is the furthest north I'm ever going to live, so I'm, I'm <laughs> happy to be here in California. Uh, you've actually been to the Bankhead Theater before a couple of times. We actually opened the big. You big did. Big I was going to bring that up. 2007. <laughs> That's yeah, right. You remember. I do. I the do very remember. first act to perform at the Bankhead Theater was the four freshmen. Yep. So y'all have a special place in our hearts. It's, uh, we're looking forward to having you for New Year's Eve. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Was the last time we were there New Year's Eve it was as well? New Year's Eve, yeah. yeah. The last time we were there. Yeah. 2016, yeah. 2016, I think. 2016, 2017. Yeah. 16 to 17. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was there for that one. Yeah. Well, why don't, if you could go around, we'll get started and each one of you just introduce yourself and uh, how long you've been in the group and maybe a, a quick story about how you got involved with the four freshmen. If you want to start with. Uh, uh, my name is Jake Baldwin. I've been in the four freshmen for about three years now. And I got in because I went to college with Tommy. And when they had a trumpet player leave, he. Uh, Texted me asking me if I could sing, and I decided I was going to try it. So there we are. Yeah. My name is Bob Ferreira. I sing the bass part and play drums, and I will be celebrating 31 years in the freshman this August. Um, I joined the group out of college. I was recommended by a former instructor of mine and uh, thought I'd try it out for a year or two, and here I am still doing it and loving it. Wow. Congratulations. 31 years. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. My name is Ryan Howe. I, um, I joined the freshman about a little over two and a half years ago. Um, I've been a big fan for a while. Um, I went to school, however, with Tommy back in Iowa um, almost 15 years ago. Uh, and so we were on each other's radar. When he got into the group, I was like really excited for him and a little jealous. And then stars aligned and um, it's, a, it's a great thing. Really enjoying being in it. And I'm Tommy Boynton, and I've been in the band for 32 years. <laughs> no, I've been <laughs> I've been in the band for like eight and a half years, and uh, um, 
I was, there was a school that Ryan and I went to in Iowa that was run by a very famous um, vocal jazz arranger named Phil Matson, who's also an awesome piano player. And, um, and so he, he had had his connections to the jazz vocal world. And my predecessor, Brian Eichenberger, who was with the band for 19 years, also went to this school in Iowa. So when he left the group, he called up my boss to see if anyone could sing and play because I was also teaching there at the time. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was, that was in 2000, that was, I, that was fall of 2014. And then I joined in on January 1st of 2015. And you were the first official Zoom or oh, I yeah. used to say Zoom audition True. That we ever had. Online. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I had to like, I had to like send videos and then we Zoomed and. Were you nervous? Uh, I don't remember you no. being nervous. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I don't, really, you get, I don't being, really get nervous about that kind of stuff. I, I just remember you going after it when we had say, "Hey, can you sight read this song for us?" You're like, "Sure, let's try it." You know, we like that. So yeah, I was a nerd, so that was cool. <laughs> well, it, I was going to ask who's been on the longest, but I could see it's Bob definitely. <laughs> no. Oh, what do you mean it's by me. that? Now, do, <laughs> I, do I just look like I've been in the group? Uh, <laughs> trying to say right now. No, you, but uh, but the freshmen have been around since 19. 52, I think, was the first recording. Is that 1948. This September will officially be 75 years the group is celebrating. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. How many freshmen have there been in the, those years? What, 25 now? I guess it's 25. 25, I believe it's 25 members over the course of 75 years. It's not too bad, you know. We used to joke and say like the Glenn and Miller band would go through that in a week. Yeah, right. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, yeah, basically, uh, and we always say it's like a sports team. Whenever a member leaves, a new one comes in. And uh, it, we, we had some periods there, probably in the 80s and in more recent years, uh, where there's kind of been like a revolving, we say a revolving door, but we had uh, people who come in and then they didn't stay terribly long with the group. Uh, but, you know, e each person who's come through has contributed in a unique way and has helped really keep this tradition going. So no matter if a person's been in for a year or, or 20, you know, uh, the contributions have been uh, really immeasurable yeah. in, into what, you know, this group is still becoming. Can you talk a little bit about the roots of the group and how, how it kind of started and um, a little bit about the style? And, and at the time it was, uh, uh, you know, pretty unique coming out. And, and the other thing, I, I'm gonna stop talking in just a second, but. Uh, one thing I think is pretty cool about you as a vocalist group is you all play your instruments as well. And sometimes that's that's not really common. Um, but that's been kind of the case the whole time, right? Is that kind of historically been the, how the group works? Yeah, yeah. The group, uh, they got their name for freshmen because there were four freshmen in college at Butler University. And they started off really singing barbershop you know, which is understandable. They wanted to kind of branch out and play music that they wanted to, to perform, which was the pop music of the day, which today we know as the great American songbook or the standards. Uh, but back then that was considered the pop music and they really started uh, branching out and started creating this uh, unique vocal harmony uh, sitting around a guitar and singing one chord at a time. The one thing that really set the freshmen apart, other than playing self-contained, which, you know, all four being instrumentalists, uh, it made it easy for them to be able to, to, to just be able to do that and be self-contained. But it was a very unique to have the lead 
singer, the, the melody singer on the high part, uh, which was either sung by a female or in barbershop, the melody is usually sung in the second tenor part. And you have a, a tenor one, like which is singing a harmony part above that. So it was a very unique sound. Uh, they also, they modeled the, their harmonic style off of the Stan Kenton Orchestra's trombone section. They were big fans of Stan Kenton, so that trombone, that style of harmony that was in the trombone section really, really got their juices, the creative juices going to, to try to build a sound that was similar to that. And, you know, uh, being able to just pack up their own instruments and go on the road, it kept overhead low, obviously, but it also help them control the phrasing and uh, just the musical ebb and flow of their vocal arrangements without having to rely on rehearsing a rhythm section all the time. So the, the instruments were purely an extension of the vocal sound. And that's really, that's really where it kind of went from there. So you're, you're all singing, you know, I'm assuming it's four, four different harmonies, four part harmonies most of the time, and you're playing an instrument at the same time. So like, how do you do that? That seems really difficult. Pray. <laughs> um, just like, just really hope and pray um, that it's going to work out. No, uh, it's hard. It's definitely not. It's there's I've been in many musical environments where you're uh, rewarded with the chance to zone out, like in a sense of like, not like you're not focused, but in like a kind of almost like transcending sort of way. But like when you're singing and playing especially I played bass for my first five years and I've switched to guitar. So it's like first when you're walking a bass line, you're, you're playing every single quarter note or, you know, you are like the feel behind the music and getting that um, lined up with your voice was definitely the best thing that's ever happened to my musicianship. Like I was fine at playing instruments and I was like a singer and stuff, but then like having to line that up is really hard. And kind of for me at the beginning, it was just a matter of like, all right, this part lines up and this part doesn't. So I would just have to, in the beginning, like kind of figure out how to line things up and whatnot. But I also was playing guitar in like a folk setting too. You know, I like really loved the Beatles growing up. And so I just, it kind of just started from that normalized, like uh, as far as the singing and playing thing goes, just from the, you know, the traditions that have been set before us. And then just applying that to like a swing feel is not necessarily an overnight thing and an easy thing, but um, certainly helps to listen to a lot of great rhythm sections and, and, Hope to pick up what you can. And when you're performing, are you're, are you listening to each other mostly? Or are you just trying to focus on what you're doing? Like, how do uh, you how do you do that? Yes, yes <laughs> is the answer. Yes. Uh, no, it is a lot of both. Um, <laughs> we have to tune every chord, so that part's <clears throat> that's one thing that it's like again, it's really hard to zone out because we're singing so many different words and at so many different parts of our registers and stuff like that, and so. Um, there's definitely a, a, a really unique process of listening to each other in order just to tune the chords and make them sound good. But then um, having to listen to the rhythm section and how things can fluctuate is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of both exactly. And the vocal phrasing too might probably not going to be exactly the same from show to show. So it, it's really a heads up thing. You know, Ryan sings the melody here. So a lot of times we're, we're trying to listen to where he's phrasing things dynamically or, you know, just just uh, stretching phrases and, and doing stuff. So always try to listen for all those little things. But after a while, you you find a balance uh, where you're, you're not focusing, uh, you know, 
if you focus too much on the vocals and the instruments might suffer if you focus too much on the instruments and the vocals might suffer but I, it's it's amazing because you know in, in watching these guys too it's like we're we're sitting there we're singing we're listening to each other we're trying to tune our notes we're trying to you know lock in all these things but at the same time we're trying to express and entertain and and i think the the biggest compliment that we could get is that somebody not saying boy you look like you're really working hard up there you know we want to make it look easy and when we make it when we are able to make it look easy and the audience doesn't know the difference doesn't think twice about the fact that we're doing all of that i think we did our job yeah i was just going to say it seems like um in addition to playing the, your instruments and then being in harmony with each other you still have to perform and you know there's you know we we, we run a performing arts center and you can almost tell like who's there's a difference between a good singer and a good performer and you have to have the whole package to be able to to do it right. And the fact that you guys are all doing that in sync with each other, and you're have each have your own unique vocal part that you're trying to do. I don't know. It just it seems really hard. <laughs> it's definitely not easy. That's for sure. But it's fun. Yeah. Um, how would you? Um, I, I we talked a little bit about this, but kind of thinking about the style of the music and describing it, and maybe telling us why it's it's still popular and if people still love it even after 75 years there's something that i think is just a magical about the homogenous blend of human voices there's something that that, that like rings and strikes a chord with us because we all have one and then jazz harmony is in a lot of ways maybe the most one of the most rich harmonic traditions that that you can have and there's this 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 combination there's a magic that happens when you have um, for men's voices ringing um, these close chords, um, the parts, the, the arrangements, a lot of them are somewhat virtuosic sometimes, and also sometimes they're just pure, like beautiful. So there's like a really great balance of styles from like our cool, like um, sort of like vintage pop ballads to our like swing songs. Like so, there's just a really kind of a full picture of a, a condensed picture of an era. That, that the sound kind of like represents it's it's like a it's a it's called there's this uh term called the jazz repertory movement which is applied to a lot of jazz ensembles that don't focus on as much progressing and doing new things like miles davis might do who's trying to change music every time and then there's the uh, ensembles who celebrate reproducing and keeping fresh and alive these vintage sounds and mm -hmm. so i think we would fall a little more in that in that um category but it's a thing that's like we're glad to be doing it, keeping it alive. Do you find um, when you're touring that there's obviously there's people that have probably seen you a, a million times, but there's got to be people that are still discovering you and your sound. And do, do you run into people like that? And what's what's their impression even now? They like it. They like they, it. <laughs> they, they didn't know that they liked it and they hear it and they like it and they say, why have I been missing this my whole life? One thing I I read and maybe y'all can confirm this for me is that uh, uh, the Beach Boys and, and Brian Wilson and his sound was heavily influenced by the four freshmen. Is, are there other kind of genres that have come out of, of what the four freshmen have done and, and other artists that you can think of or is that even true? I, I'm not quite sure if that's true or not. But oh, that's it's absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely. Brian Wilson has come to see us um, 
couple times a couple times over the years, a few times over the years, uh, some of the later groups. Uh, anytime he would come to Las Vegas to perform, he would invite Bob Flanagan, the original lead singer, and always get him backstage and everything. Every documentary uh, Brian has done, uh, he's acknowledged the four freshmen in, in his books and everywhere. He 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 never fails to recognize the main source of his inspiration and so it, that was he's probably the most notable the beach boys probably the most notable uh examples of of groups or groups or artists that have been inspired but believe it or not uh you know they have the mamas and the papas who were very inspired you had the letterman um even i ran into years ago i ran into uh frankie valley and uh in vegas and he said i love the four freshmen i grew up on the four freshmen they you know it was very inspiring to him but kenny rogers was a huge four freshman fan sure. uh he had a vocal group before he he made a big so uh, as a solo artist but kenny rogers actually wrote us uh an original song and recorded it hoping that we would do a four freshman arrangement of it he's he was just an absolute fan and and i think that's a tribute to not just the sound but you know like bob flanagan had this he, he was saying the lead part and he had this dynamic uh just just a, such a unique and um i don't know how you would expire uh, explain it it was it was that that kind of it factor that it, it's hard to put into words but he had this charisma in his voice and his personality that really just lit up the sound and I think, uh, you know, it's one of the more recognizable sounds when you're hearing the melody. And so that's why they always acknowledge Bob. But uh, as far as the harmonies go, yeah, a lot of groups have been inspired in very different ways and from different genres. And a lot of the times the, the noticeable characteristic is just even hearing the fact that when the Beach Boys are doing their thing, the melody's on top. It's not like tucked in. And that's mm -hmm. such a, that just, it's so wild to think about that just simple ripple effect and how much it's affected so much music. Mm -hmm. Our sound is often compared to this uh, existing genre of vocal jazz group music, which we don't necessarily consider ourselves to be specifically like vocal jazz music as most of it is today. But most of those groups look back to specifically this guy named Gene Perling, who um, directed the High Lows and this group called the Singers Unlimited. And that he actually credited um, the four freshmen, as well as this group called the Meltones, as being his inspiration for starting those groups, and those groups inspired almost every group that's out there today. So, in a way, we're kind of a, a, a you know uh, yeah. a rung in the ladder. Yeah. Well, and just the fact that thinking about the Beach Boys is one of the greatest American bands of all time, being you know the precursor was the four freshmen and the inspiration, and so it's there's a lot of. Uh, uh, we got to really acknowledge the, the four freshmen and their contribution to uh, American music and, and the history of American popular music. So thank you guys for being a part of that. That's really cool. It is really cool. We're happy, yeah, we're happy to do it. I mean, we enjoy every minute of it. So I'm just kind of um, curious about how you guys travel together. You, you talked earlier a little bit before we came on the air, I suppose that you know you live in you live in different places although two of you live in the twin cities and how often are you traveling together where are your favorite places to go other than livermore on new year's eve um, what what are some of your favorite places and things to do when you're out traveling well we do just all touch a ring and then just appear <laughs> at the gigs so 
Um, that's super that's, cool. How do you that's do that? Really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I had to travel up to the Arctic Circle to find these specific stones, and I'm gonna stop there because are you the comic book reader? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. I feel like you might be being a touch sarcastic. Um, no, it's not just... like that, guys. It's... No, we uh, yeah, we all we all fly we all fly in for every gig, and um, and well, how then... many how many day how many days out of the year are you performing together? You know, it varies. Obviously, with COVID, it really threw the entire entertainment industry for a loop, right? Um, yeah, that was we... a lot easier to answer a few years ago. Yeah, we were we were doing like you know maybe 50 shows a year going down to like seven during COVID, you know, if, if we were lucky, like six or seven shows, it's wow. building back up. Uh, you know, it's not like, it's harder these days to get like, like tours for um, certain things because the, the, the industry that we've uh, previously thrived where we've previously thrived has changed a lot. Uh, it's changed a lot in its demographic. It's changed a lot in, in how they, conduct business uh so it it presents its own sets of challenges so you know a lot of times we'll fly out and maybe do one or two shows so we fly out we meet up um you know we rent a van because we don't have that much equipment uh and we all drive together we love to play disc golf so whenever we're out and about we will we'll find a course or eight and uh <laughs> and and do that and that that helps i mean to me just that whole thing it, it really helps um on the, the offstage uh, camaraderie and that chemistry, it just only translates more on stage too, um, as far as just us being able to to work and enjoy being around each other, which, you know, sometimes can be, can be hard for bands, you know, <laughs> they, they see each other all the time, but, you know, we're getting, we're getting busier. Things are starting to look up and we're, um, you know, as far as my favorite places to play, other than Livermore, which, uh, you know. I had a good time at that. New I love show. Livermore. I really do. I love the Bankhead. I, yeah. I love that whole area. I'd, I'd love to play there every year. Um, you know, I, I always love playing Florida, maybe because maybe the weather, like year-round, the yeah. weather is usually pretty nice, and we would always have some pretty cool venues and things to do. Um, it's really hard to say. I mean, it's been some nice places. I love to play in Japan. We used to play there every year. Um, wonderful people, the the venues, the food, everything is just amazing. Got a favorite, Jake? I like them all. I think they all have good things about them. He's the politician in the group. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the diplomatic point. So th there's no no drama, I guess. Then no no behind the scenes. I'm just kidding. We, we don't. Do <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, do you guys also have? um solo careers or other bands that you're part of as well yep. yeah 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 my my full-time job before i joined the freshman was being a trumpet player in the twin cities and I, I continue to do that so i put some stuff out under my own name um and then i just i work full-time just doing that when i'm home he was actually just That's part fun. of a um grammy award-winning uh soundtrack right or for a video or, game hey. yeah i, I do some oh recordings. cool so one, one of the cool things about music in general, I feel like, sorry to, for the tangent, is that, you know, if you have ultra friends who are musicians, eventually some of them are going to do really cool things. And if you've uh, continued to be friends with them, they'll bring you in on their projects. So it's part of the tight knit community thing. So I've been, I've been lucky enough to work with some people that have gotten some pretty big awards. Awesome. Yeah. What video funny. game? Uh, Assassin's Creed, The Dawn of Ragnarok. Ah, my youngest plays Assassin's Creed 
Well, your, your youngest so, might have heard me playing a, a goat horn. <laughs> a goat horn. <laughs> I feel the like I've, I've watched her play. <laughs> uh, well, you probably heard me then accidentally. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, all good. The things, the things we learn. I, I was going to ask you guys, uh, do you have a favorite four freshman song? I mean, there's so many. Oh, boy. What's your favorite? That's really, that's always a tough one because there's so many beautiful moments in certain songs. Laughing on the outside, crying on the inside. Five trumpets. Yeah, five trumpets. That one's really good. Guilty from Four Freshmen, Five Trombones has always been one that's that's hit pretty good. Also, I love You've Got Me Crying Again, which is uh, one of the first album I really ever heard from the freshmen when I was getting ready to audition was uh, In Person Volume 1. And that was one of the songs in there. And it just like, wow just got me it was just amazing just do you you ever cry when you're singing like like because the lyrics sometimes are pretty pretty there's been a couple times where you know you get close you it's hard sometimes you got to really separate that because you know it's one thing to get emotional about when you're performing and have that emotion you know conveyed but you have to temper it uh, because if you cross this little threshold uh, with emotion, then the song might suffer, and then yeah. you know the delivery is might not be as effective, even though it means a lot to you. A lot of people are like, "Oh my God, he's balling his head off up there." That's... <laughs> no, it, it, I mean for me, but yeah, there's been a couple times like arrangements that I wrote that have special meaning for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I would perform them, I was like, I just like you know, like I couldn't grit my teeth because I'm singing, but you know, you're like. You're like just holding on just because there's this emotional impact and i think uh real quick not to go off on a too much of a tangent but you know one one of the questions we get asked a lot is you know how do you go you know year after year or show after show singing the same tunes and don't you get bored of them and i think that's the whole part of like uh kind of what tommy was saying is like you know we can't we can't just phone in the parts we can't just go on autopilot with these things you have to really internalize the lyrics and the the intention of the, a particular song and with certain songs especially ones dealing with love and loss uh you know it's going to mean something different from somebody who's 20 years old to somebody who's 40 years old right based on your life experiences and your life experiences evolve those songs and the meaning of those lyrics should evolve as well and if it's not you're not really internalizing it and you're not really conveying the tune probably the way it should be. We, uh, we've been playing at this place that we're in Detroit here called the Dirty Dog Jazz Cafe every year since I joined the group and every year since the club opened actually. And the woman who owned that club recently passed away. And so when we sing, we sing It's a Blue World, you know, every show, but um, singing that the other night at the Dirty Dog was one of my favorite moments in the group, like in nine years, just to think about, you know, how much, you know, like a song like that, especially how much it grows. I think like originally it probably had more of a romantic nature of just like it's blue world without you, you know, like, oh, I miss you. But like, obviously to have that be such an integral part of, you know, American music history for like almost, I guess probably 71 years now since that song came out, since it's a blue world came out and to have it have that much meaning and, and beauty on a Wednesday night in Detroit was pretty cool. Um, Ryan, what's your favorite? You got a favorite song? When, before I joined the group, it was, um, it was either like 
day in day out for like an up-tempo swinger or it was like nancy um uh and now i cannot do that i cannot <laughs> i can't say that i could say maybe off of our our, our newest project that we did with emmett Cullet, uh, uh russell hall and kyle pool i could say that we did um a bunch of songs with them and my favorite one is uh put on a happy face off of off of that whole oh, project cool. i think Wow. Yeah, yeah, that, that album is, is just came out last year, and the opening track is from this moment on, which is a really awesome Cole Porter tune that has a, a lot of high energy that our friend Riley Helgeson arranged for us. And uh, I really love singing that one; it's super fun. And hearing hearing Jake play some pretty good notes on that mm -hmm. is always really fun. Oh, I also you're still recording. Yeah, yeah, we just had an album yeah. came out last year. That's yep. awesome. Um, there's also this song "Easy Living" off of that that I really love. It's I think it's a beautiful song. There's a yeah, but it changes like with the week. What's yeah. my favorite song? It's like oh yeah, I, I haven't heard that recording in a long time. Wow, this is special right now. Mm -hmm. Well, and kind of what you said earlier, Bob is for me. It's like a really good lesson on on how to listen to music and uh, and thinking of it from a new lens as you age. I, I really that's a really cool uh, perspective, and so I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, I'm going to tell my kids that, by the way, <laughs> remind them how to listen to music. Um, well, I, I'd like to ask, uh, we always like to ask people outside of your own music, uh, is there anything else you're listening to right now that you've got uh, on, on your, your uh, iPhone or whatever? I used to say CD player, but people don't use it anymore, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anything uh, you're, you're really into? I just, Jake just showed me um, Molly Drake. There's the great songwriter from the 70s, Nick Drake, his mom. Molly Drake, there's a song called I Remember that's rocking me right now. It's so really? good. It's so, so incredible. And it was recorded at home in the 50s, like by her husband. It's this incredible song that Jake okay. just showed me. But there's I love like a lot. Drake. I'm just yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's his mom and they're that's special. Great. It's her singing and playing piano. Really cool at home recordings that are like, and the poetry is just like next level. Um, there's plenty down. else, but I'll keep it simple with that. Thank you. I uh, actually recently got back into Nora Jones, of all people, because uh, she started this amazing podcast over the pandemic where she just has her friends come in and like plays music with them. And I hadn't dived into her stuff much before. And now I have been. It's like actually pretty, truly incredible. Just uh, her whole thing and how she like just sticks to like, this is my sound and this is how it's going to be. I, I really have enjoyed that about her. It's hard for me. This is I, these questions are always like favorites and what I'm listening to because I'm always listening to I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff too. So um, like sometimes I just I try to like not listen to music and then when I do because like I get caught up listening to like basically my old playlist and stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, it's so hard. Like, and I'm trying to think like just off the top of my head, who am I listening to? Who am I listening to? Well, what what podcasts are you listening to? Oh, I listen to all kinds of podcasts. I listen to true crime. I listen to um, sometimes just eerie stories. I listen to this one. It's called um, Seamsters, Fraudsters. No, no, it's called. I, I have to look it up now. I'm sorry. I, I it's, it's called. Uh, I just don't know. Why. I've listened to like every episode of it, but um, it's. Uh, let's see here. I listen to Crime Junkie. Did you listen to the podcasts that were serial? I think that sort of started oh, some no, of I that true crime. Oh, no, I haven't watched that one yet. No. Oh, yeah, it's really, it's yeah, no, really fascinating. I, I 
so many great ones. I, you know, it's yeah. they're rabbit hole after rabbit hole. So sometimes I get caught up listening with those, but sometimes I'll just listen to like, I'd hear like some singers on Instagram or something. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're really good. Like there's this one girl called Britain. Her name's Britain. And she has a very unique voice and, you know, in seeing a lot of their stories their personal stories and things that they're trying to overcome personally and stuff, it kind of brings that. So I start listening to them and, and, you know, so it just, it, it really just varies a lot of time. I'm, I'm actually, I don't even, I, I have Spotify, but I don't like subscribe to it. So I don't just put it on. I think Jake is amazing because Jake, you know, he'll, he'll be listening to some Freddie Hubbard one minute, then he'll be listening to, you know, uh, guns and roses <laughs> the next minute you know it's like it, when we're driving and stuff and and the vibe when we're driving is always cool like he always seems to know the vibe that we need when we're driving somewhere either to a gig sound check disc golfing a restaurant wherever it was so, DJ. Um, okay so it's pretty fun that's cool yeah yeah <laughs> ryan anything you're listening to right now yeah, well, at least like once a year, I come back around pretty hard to the music of Al Jarreau. Yeah. I like, I like really love his, him. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm back in uh, cool. a pretty heavy Jarreau phase right now. I definitely, I definitely have been listening to so much. I always listen to <clears throat> a lot of Ahmad Jamal, but since he passed away um, back at the end of March, or I think that was. Uh, I've been listening to so much of Ajumar right. again. Well, we're we're gonna wrap it up with you guys, but I want to finish with um, a quick game that if you're if you're up for it. Uh, and so we we do this thing we call it either or, and I'm gonna give you a choice of one thing or another, and you're just gonna have to tell me which one you would choose. So um, and I don't know if we want to do it like one at a time or if you want to do it collectively. You guys can figure <laughs> that out. Probably one at a time. If one you got, time. You got one four at, time. at least. You got four. Oh yeah, yeah. We got a bunch. And All right, so cool. We'll maybe just go we, in order then. Yeah, we'll start with you, uh, Tommy. Then so uh, right, I'm ready. Let's start off with. We're gonna go easy. I'll I'll start easy and then I'll get progressively a little bit more difficult. Mm, maybe I should go last because I'm pretty brave here. But, okay, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I'm uh, okay, first one is a uh, dark chocolate or milk chocolate. Dark chocolate. Okay. Next one: dogs or cats? Cats. Cats. Okay. That's a tough First, one. I'm, I'm yeah, that's a tough that one. one. That's a tough one, dude. Uh, uh, iPhone or Android? iPhone. iPhone. Chevy or Ford? Bicycle. <laughs> Bicycle. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. <laughs> uh, East Coast or West Coast? Ooh, West Coast. West Coast. All right. Now we're gonna go ocean or mountains. <laughs> mountains mountains okay that's good uh there's no wrong answer here yeah well, sometimes there is we'll, we'll figure yeah. that out. uh elvis or the beatles beatles thank you beatles all right uh the beatles or the beach boys the beach boys Ooh, daring pick daring pick huh. uh okay here we go Ten tenor or bass just as a concept or vocally? Vocally. Tenor. Mm. Uh, oh, but yeah. as a listener, probably a bass. A bass I like bass singers. Yeah. <laughs> bass singers are cool. Tenors right. are weirdos, dude. And and I am one of them. Tenors are weird. Okay, good to know. Uh, jazz or blues? Jazz. Jazz. All right. Uh, saxophone or trumpet? Jazz. Jazz. <laughs> Just kidding. Trumpet. Trumpet. <laughs> 
Chet Eakins or Les Paul? Les Paul. All right. Frank Sinatra or Bing Crosby? Bing Crosby. All right. Um, OG. Well, we're going to go Christmas song here. Walking in a Winter Wonderland or White Christmas? Walking in a Winter Wonderland. Mm -hmm. OK. Bob, the 50s or the 60s? 50s. 50s. Yeah, dude. And then, uh, hey, hey, Jake, uh, seniors or freshmen? Say that one more time. Seniors or freshmen? Seniors or freshmen. Mm. I'll say freshman, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> cute. Yeah. All right, last one, and you guys can all answer this one together. Uh, Livermore on New Year's Eve this year or anywhere else in the world? Livermore, Livermore this year. year. <laughs> all right. Anywhere awful. else in the world? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> uh, well, thank you, guys. This is super fun. You yeah, guys are wonderful. Chris, Ruth, thank you so I much. I thought it went yeah. really well. I thought... Um, it was it was really interesting to talk to all of them yeah um, but so many midwesterners i was feeling very much at home uh they're obviously very skilled musicians and vocalists and uh it certainly came across in the stories that they told and how they work together and how they perform together so really interesting i did yeah. really great it was a fun interview yeah, it was a fun interview. So and they will be performing at the Bankhead on what day? Sunday, December 31st, 2023. And they're going to help us ring in the new year here in Livermore. Right. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And you can get tickets at livermorearts.org or by calling the box office at 925-373-6800. You got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you.